0: in four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Building Sustainability. This is a bite-sized episode, so it's just a short, 10-minute nugget of building sustainability. Enjoy. My name is Karen and I join you today to share a little about my perspective of working in and with the built environment and the journey that has led me to prioritise climate change action in both my personal and professional life. One of the signs of passing youth is the birth of a sense of fellowship with other human beings as we take a place among them, Virginia Woolf. Fellowship is defined as a feeling of friendship between people who do things together or share an interest and an organised group of people who share an interest, aim or belief. I grew up in semi-rural Fife, in the shadow of an RAF base now long closed, and on the coattails of the race scene, close to a town that was stuck in a time warp that thrived on golf, high tees and university traditions only accessible to the few. If you had asked me at 17 about Rachel Carson's Silent Spring, climate change, or the amount of carbon emissions associated with the built environment, you would have been met by indifference and a slight perplexed expression." I grew up watching Top of the Pops. I had little interest in the news, let alone politics. My main aim was to make it through secondary school, to move to a city, go to a gig and stay up late. I was the first in our family to go to university and left home in the late 90s to study architecture and art school, to which I had gained entry at the last minute through the clearing system. Failing of my maths hire had curtailed my initial hopes of studying archaeology and becoming Indiana Jones. While my undergraduate taught me a lot and opened my eyes to the world, climate change and the impact of the built environment did not feature at all within my education. After a year out working in a commercial practice, vowing never to do so again, I made the decision to upsticks and make a more informed decision about where and how I would learn. I packed my bags, made Brighton Hove my home for the next five years. I had the privilege of being taught by faculty that very much encourage us to think about our impact on the earth, to tread lightly and to be accountable. A particular turning point for me was a vertical project site visit to Ben Law's Prickly Wood, where, for the first time in my life, I gained some comprehension about an alternative way of life that worked with the rhythms of nature, not against it. On completion of my postgraduate diploma, I stepped away from architecture. I'd realised I didn't want to engage with the daily commute to London. I spent a couple of years volunteering, working at festivals and short stints in call centres to pay the bills. My time in Brighton was not only about the formal training offered by the university, but the deeper, more impactful education that was offered by the place and its people. I eventually returned to Scotland in pursuit of a job to complete my part three and found myself in a practice working on school designs. I learned a lot about the challenges associated with delivery and began to obtain enough experience and insight to develop my own opinion about the limitations of the profession. My continued questioning of the impact of our design choices meant that I was encouraged to become a Bream Assessor, but I quickly realised that by doing so I had put myself in a silo that was often only wheeled out when a tender required such a role. Sustainability was a bolt-on that primarily focused on renewable energy and increased insulation and did not drive the ethos of the practice. It was tokenistic. Then came the recession. I was a new mum and without a job and fate threw me an opportunity I had found hard to turn down. An ex-colleague had moved to work with a national contractor and they needed some help to better understand the BREAM process. They offered me a part-time position and, to be honest, total freedom to work out what help they needed. My time with them was a roller coaster. Over the six years I went from working in total isolation and obscurity to working directly with the board, helping them get their head around how to continue their 200-year-old family business and starting to put together an adaptation plan. A further shift in my understanding and motivation occurred when my daughter turned three and I regained some of my independence while she was getting her first and attended nursery. I'd been to see this changes everything at the Take One Action Film Festival and made a number of changes pretty much instantaneously around our food, finances and energy supply choices. I had also become frustrated with some skeptics at work who would not listen to my advice on low impact design, construction and procurement because they only saw my architectural accreditations. I decided to plan for an MSc in sustainability and adaptation planning at the Centre for Alternative Technology, something I would never have considered possible after failing that mass hire. I completed the course over two and a half years via distance learning while still at work, an approach I would advocate to anyone who is thinking of studying. My work was able to inform my learning and vice versa. It was not easy and I know not all universities and courses offer such flexibility, but it was definitely the right approach for me. I was learning with so many people from all over the world, all with different perspectives, backgrounds, work experience and cultures. But staff and students were united because we were and are driven to make a positive difference to the world. Kat's approach to their intake gave me the confidence to step out of my comfort zone and to volunteer with Creative Carbon Scotland, whose focus is embedding environmental sustainability within the arts and the cultural sector in Scotland, which has often played out in our built environment. CCS is continually working hard to embed artists in the planning, design and delivery process of our built environment to enable discussions and action that focuses on climate change adaptation Their mutual support network and open knowledge sharing is inspirational They are the embodiment of a fellowship and are always actively looking for ways to challenge the status quo My time at the contractors ended following a change of regional leadership Tackling the impact of the construction industry was no longer a priority I made the decision to take my skills elsewhere as it was not the right time to continue that battle. At the time, I thought I had totally failed to make a difference, but on reflection, it taught me that knowing when to step away from a problem and try and solve it from another direction is essential, especially with something so significant as climate change. Working with Sustrans was the absolute opposite. As a charity that is making it easier for people to walk and cycle, it is full of incredibly passionate advocates who are working hard to deliver on a unified vision and purpose. Staff were and are generous with their time and energy, welcoming and keen to support each other and others to create a built environment that allows us to make choices that are not so reliant on private car use. Reflecting on the Virginia Woolf quote... I do not think it's only because I've gotten older that I am experiencing a sense of fellowship. In the last couple of years, I've witnessed an increasing willingness and enthusiasm to create mutual aid partnerships and collaborations to work out how we are going to challenge, disassemble and reassemble systems that will allow us to create a just, low-impact society and built environment. The last year has been challenging for all of us. It has provided some with the opportunity to reflect on the impacts of climate change and will hopefully lead to a further increase in momentum as we come out of lockdown. My current role does not always focus on the creation of tangible outputs, but creates safe spaces for local authorities and communities to discuss how to achieve tangible positive change and to enable people to empower others, hopefully leading to a snowball effect. Personally, lockdown has created numerous challenges, but has also offered opportunity, one of which is a chance to participate in events that never would have been possible previously because of geography and, to be honest, my crippling stage fright. However, I am increasingly empowered by the sense of fellowship amongst my existing networks. I know that if I do not have the answer, I can point someone in the direction of someone else that does. Collectively, we are starting to move in the right direction. It's not going to be easy, but I have faith that we will get there. Momentum and fellowship is growing. I would like to extend some thanks to Geoffrey. Your podcasts have provided me with much enjoyment through lockdown. I look forward to hearing future instalments. Thanks to Alex for lending me his telephone voice, and for Ola for his microphone and tinkerings.